Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson here today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin. How are you? Oh, living the dream, Tim. Except for the Bills loss. Um, that, Our Bills did it again. Yeah. But we, which we are going to talk about briefly, briefly during the show, probably first, uh, a good chunk of the first segment. Not about sports side, but whether or not government made the Bills lose. I'm going to tell you that the government perennially makes New York teams, New York government <laughs> makes New York teams lose, but that's not going to be a big surprise to people. Yeah. My take yes. on it. <laughs> Blame government for everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, so we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about that. We also have some political news. We'll talk about like the primaries going on. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about um, Russia saying the sale of Alaska was illegal, so it's still you know Russian territory. Which um, bold move. Um, talk bold about move. That. Bold <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, they, and then we got a few other things too that we can chat about. And of course, if you have a topic that you want us to bring up, drop your comments and. Uh, Maybe we'll chat about it. Um, yeah. Especially so, if uh, it's funny. Try to make exactly ruin yeah. the show, get dead air. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Great content whenever that happens, Tim, uh, which I either have to edit out or or just leave in awkwardly, produce low quality a, radio. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but uh yeah, no, um the Bills did not get another Hokel Snow Day. They'd have been better season. off if they did. I know. Well, it might, might have been better. But we're going to go back. We're going to go in in 10 seconds. We'll just get this show kicked off. Um, but uh, going in five, four, three. Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right. Us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we, the people, rise up and solve the great challenges of our time. We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor. And the Freedom Variant is here, Kevin. Are we, are we gonna talk about the Buffalo Bills? We're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills just a little bit. Again, not yeah, a sports show. And I, I, I swear to you guys, this is going to be about policy. I, I may, in fact, for those of you listening to this on WYSL, thank you, first of all. But second of all, we, on our live stream, the title of this episode is Did the Government Make the Buffalo Bills Lose? So we got, yes, yeah, we, got, we, got, yes. we got two two topics to discuss around whether or not the government made the Buffalo Bills lose for a third painful time. 2724 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um and you know we're we're libertarians so we blame government for things. That's just how it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, you know so when when we look at this game, you know, we could think like was how did how did this how did the Bills possibly lose this? Was it because the defense couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes at all ever on any drive? Was it because of the fake punt? Was it because of the Stefan Diggs drop? Was it because Josh Allen didn't throw underneath and tried to go for the touchdown on that last uh, set of downs? Was it because of the Tyler Bass missed field goal? No, it wasn't any of those things. It was all those things. But also, it's because Bill's Mafia needed to feed the pit, and the government, they got in the way. 
So if you don't know what this is, listen, what, what happened since the Bills got on their win streak, the Bills had started building the new stadium, right? The, the one that's going to cost us, you know, like $800 million of U.S. taxpayer or of New York taxpayer money. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Governor Hochul. Um, so right now, though, it's just a big pit. And since the Bills started their winning streak, someone has fallen into the pit every home game. Every game, someone has fallen into a pit. So a handful of Bills fans, Bills Mafia folks, have decided, well, that must be what's doing it. The same way you might wear your same shirt again, wear your hat a certain way, Bills Mafia said, the pit must be fed. The pit demands sacrifices. And so people, people started going to the pit. And knowing darn well that the pit needed to be fed, the Erie County Sheriff's Department's like, ah, you got to stop going into the pit. We're going to arrest people if you try to go to the pit. They added extra security, bills in the Erie County Sheriff's Department. Added extra security to try to prevent people from going into the pit. Losing mentality. I, they fear freedom, Kevin. That's the reality, That's right. man. Any chance Listen. they get to hand out tickets, they're there. Like, <laughs> you know, look, the Bills Bill's lost. Bill's was just doing what it takes to, yeah. to win games. And, and sometimes that, that means sacrificing. Yeah, um, I, the table flops have certainly helped in the past. I don't, you know, like that's right. You know, they. What about they, freedom, Kevin? What about freedom? freedom? Don't people yeah. have the right to jump into a pit to help their team win? I. I yeah, can't right. Believe. That's you know that was my thought. Like, yeah. why? So once again, government government ruining uh, the Buffalo Bills season. Like, I can't I can't think of any other reasons. Like all the other stuff I said. Don't even worry about that. Listen. The answer was that the pit didn't get adequately fed. Now, I know some folks tried to, to, to get in there in the game, but I, I don't know. I don't know if they, they got through. And, you know, I mean, did you see that Tyler Bass kick? Like, did you see how it just, like, shanked? And I, that was – there's something going on there. It, it's because the pit didn't get fed. That's That, that, must that be the to reason. me – It's not Tyler Bass's fault. It just no. – we, we didn't feed the pit. Or didn't feed it enough, at least. You know, that's – yeah. And and really, again, any opportunity to blame government here, like I, sorry, the, the, the government caused Buffalo Bills to, to to lose the divisional round. That's that's just what it is. I mean that, and there's an and, economic. Uh, Tim, you, you have a your 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 perennial, somewhat more serious critique of of sports. Yeah, I mean, look, regardless, I've I've explained it, tried to explain it directly how that it. The, the athlete tax in New York State is the highest athlete tax in the country, or perhaps California matches New York. But that causes the Buffalo Bills and all of New York's teams to be perennial losers, okay? Like, no matter what, the Bills are on an upswing spiritually, emotionally. They have some young talent, but they have to cheap out on things because they've got to pay the athlete tax. Maybe it's facilities. Uh, not anymore. It's... They're losing all their, their veteran talent. So it's going to be. Yeah, of course. Well, they're going to yeah. be in trouble. Yeah, they're going to lose talent. They're going to miss out on good opportunities, too, just because people don't want to play in New York because the taxes are too high. So, yeah. I mean, you got you to bring folks in and, you know, it's it's like you got to then pay them enough so that they want to come in as compared to a, a lower income tax state um, like Florida or, or basically anywhere else. Yeah. Well, and... I mean, it's that part's simple math, right? Like Josh Allen, let's say he gets $20 million this year. He in New York, like, let's say Texas could hire him for $18 million. That leaves whatever team in Texas hires him an extra $2 million for like, 
let's just say backup secondary, for example, or a better kicker or new shoes for their kicker or better facilities. Like the tax has a uh, an impact. And look, I, it's not as funny, but it's also like. No, I mean, well, it's a, it's a thing, right? You know, like, because like players, like they, they talk about this, like, uh, you know, folks like, I think Gabe Davis had mentioned this, uh, Jordan Boyer mentioned this to like, you know, um, and, and I forget one of the defensive players, like they talk about the, like, well, you know, we like the culture. We like, we, we think we have another shot at this, but contracts up. You know, I got to make sure that I'm doing the the best by myself. Uh, you know, I got to make money, yeah. and in order to do that in New York and to come out net, you know, better, uh, it's you know you, you're gonna have to get paid a bit more, right? So that makes it tougher to attract people who have the talent to get multiple options elsewhere uh, at similar price ranges. Um, right. So that, and and so where it plays out, guys, is again, I say they got to cheap out on stuff, but they do. They don't have great depth. They don't. They don't have as good a second, uh, you know, like well, all the team. secondary got uh, uh, like second string. But defense had a, had a lot of second string folks. They they had a ton of depth on defense. It's just that they all got injured too. So you're on, you know, third, fourth string guys going into the playoffs against Patrick Mahomes is uh, rough. But stand, but yeah, I think your point's still well taken. Yeah, I though, think right? I think I stand on my point though. I still think that there's yeah. a, they get to a point of where there's a lack of depth, where the salary cap comes into play, and yeah. the the big um, chunk of the salary cap that goes to New York State affects the fact that we can't put together depth of talent that we would like to have, and and so yeah. you know it's real. Um, that's, that's part of yeah, right. It's it's you know you want to sign like someone that's great. That's a you know, free agent, uh, a little bit tougher. So it's going to have yeah. to be like, well, hopefully uh, Bean drafts well this year. <laughs> yeah. You know? And look, a shout out to the Bills for being the only New York team that plays, actually plays in New York. Like, yeah, she- Shelly on YouTube calls that the Bills are the only New York team that plays in New York. Right? She's uh, right. And and I appreciate them. And and look, I've been a long time Bills fan. I just know that the disappointment is is just around the corner, just one kick away. Yeah. No, <laughs> I go another back to wide right with Scotty Norwood, Kevin. Like that was, yeah. it, it, it was like his kick went wide right, but it was like a kick in my stomach. You know, it was, yeah. we, we were making a big deal out of the fact that the Bills were the only New York team and then the New Jersey Giants come in and win the game. It was just, it was reprehensible. <laughs> Yeah, awful. And yeah, no, it's uh and now, you know, millennials and Gen Z get to to share in a portion of that trauma. Um gen- generational trauma. It's, it's <laughs> a, a Bill's tradition. I love um, it. you know, and it, it it is a Bill's tradition of of anyone who's paid attention in the Josh Allen era of like absolute heart wrenching losses after like extremely well played games otherwise. Uh, the, yeah. the Bills are, are great at that stuff. Even the Eagles game this year. It was a great game. Like, the Bills, like, were amazing and then just <laughs> lost. Just gone. 13 seconds game, you know, like, in great moments in this game, too. Just, uh, you know, t- didn't win. Um, and then the the wide right thing was just the the kick in the stomach. <laughs> the, the, the cherry on top of all this. Absolutely. And look, again... I I love the the concept of we we bond over generational trauma. So Kevin, now you know kind of what we went through when uh, Jim Kelly led us to four Super Bowls back to back to back to back. Yeah. And so Josh Allen hadn't been even to a Super Bowl yet, though. So yeah, yeah. and they lost all four. They were yeah. the greatest football team of all time. 
sort of. <laughs> like those are the those are the equivocations you make with yourself. Like literally. Well, it's it's. I mean, it, sometimes that happens, right? Like, I mean, like the the Giants did that to the eighteen and zero Patriots, right? Like, actual perfect team, the only team to get that good of a record since the the Miami Dolphins perfect team. Giants spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> Giants. Gosh darn it. It's the Giants. Maybe it's the Giants. I don't know. Yeah, but um. Anyway, so I like. Our, our intent for this show isn't to talk about the Buffalo Bills the whole time and to have you, the, the online audience on Tuesday or the WYSL audience on Thursday, be reminded of a Bills loss. Or if you don't care about this stuff, you know, like wondering when we're going to get to the end of this conversation, we will talk about politics and policy. And so we'll, we'll talk about a few other things now. Tim, Tim where do we want to go next? We want to talk about the uh, political news, the Ron DeSantis stuff, the the primary that seems to be wrapping up now in New Hampshire. It, it let's go with that. Let's go with jump on the New Hampshire issue. Um, look, what we're seeing is is that Donald Trump results are coming in pretty good. But and look, guys, I've got this this awful feeling that the establishment wants Nikki Haley, and she's in a pretty close second. Like it, at least right as of right now, and guys, this. We, we do this show on Tuesday night, so maybe by Thursday we'll have a clearer picture. But it looks like Donald Trump got about 57% of the vote. And it- uh, I mean, I'm looking at, like, the incoming. They're still coming in. They already declared Donald Trump the winner. They're like, oh, he's got it. Uh, right now it's uh, 53 to 45.9. Um, that's a pretty so- good showing for Nikki Haley. Like, that's I don't think yeah. people were expecting her to be within five points, within 10 points of Donald Trump. I, I, I think they were expecting a blowout. Yeah, I mean, but New Hampshire is also a small state, and they allow independents to vote. So, uh, would would in, independents in New Hampshire vote for Nikki Haley? Would they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the I people who aren't like diehard Republicans are like, you know, she's the option that isn't Trump. You know, Chris Christie isn't running. Ron DeSantis isn't running. Um, Vivek running. You know, so okay, so all the the people who seem to have had like some sort of legitimate momentum for like even a, a, a second they're all gone except for nikki so she's the uh well i'll hold my nose and i mean some people i'm sure are excited about her but uh probably most folks are like well i just don't want trump because you know he, he says stuff like um how he should have total presidential immunity um, and any mistake, but even if well intended, would be met with almost certain indictment by the opposing party at term end. So, therefore, he should uh, get immunity from total immunity from everything. President of the United States must have full immunity, without which it would be impossible for him, her, to properly function. So he wants like super qualified immunity for presidents, which uh, it seems bad. He uh, says some awkward awkward things that lend credence to the left's freaking out about how he's going to end democracy and it's like that I, I don't know man isn't it sort of worth like being concerned when someone who may very well be the next president says i shouldn't be prosecuted for any crimes ever no matter what it sure it sounds awful kevin but this is it's, donald, it sounds this, awful this like... is donald k trump <laughs> son are you kidding me like this guy is going to get back in the Oval Office and save us from all the mistakes when he was in 
the Oval Office the, yeah, last the time. first time. Yeah. Yes. That I mean that's what I'm <laughs> exactly. Saying. That's the promise he's making, as far as I can tell. Thank goodness Donald Trump is going to save this country from the last two guy presidents who screwed up this country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, <laughs> I mean, there you have. Learned it. a lot of lessons as president about the ways in which he screwed up the country, and now. You know, honestly, I don't I don't really see him pitching ways to fix that. He mostly is doubling down on a lot of it. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, that, that's for sure. Um, no, I mean, but 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 for real, like doesn't it doesn't it seem bad if like like I, I don't want Joe Biden to be immune from all crimes because like, oh, it might be politically messy. Like, so what? Like we we should prosecute presidents when they do awful criminal stuff. Like, I think the problem with our country is we haven't done that enough. There's been way too much criminal stuff going on in the Oval Office, and we should probably prosecute more of it. I, I, I'm with you, Kevin. Like what? Like 100. percent You know what I mean? And look, I think that, dude, this is probably a good time to point out that a lot of things that the Biden family and, and the influence peddling that went on is not like, guys. There's nothing there to prosecute them on. I hate to tell you this. This is really bad news. It is absolutely stinks to high heaven. It's absolutely corrupt as far as I'm concerned. The level of influence peddling that goes on in our country, the obviousness of the influencing peddling that goes on in our country. But no one is talking about making those actions illegal. They're talking about a gotcha moment where Hunter didn't file the right piece of paperwork or Joe made a phone call to Hunter at dinner time. Like, yeah, it's corrupt, man. But the whole action of selling influence and peddling influence completely no. legal as long yeah, as the Republicans don't want to get rid of that either. Yeah. It, why, yeah. Why would they? And like, yeah, like we're, we're not again. It's just like we're going to get our political opponents on this. Not like, hey, you know what? This is pretty gross. Like, let's actually like fix this. And even if we don't get uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden on this stuff now, the next time something like this happens, you know, there there should be, you know, clear barriers and clear rules about like using connections to power in a nefarious way. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, like that's I, I at least get that. That would stand on principle. That would be consistent. And then you'd have to apply those same principles to Donald Trump and his family, too, which people don't want to do. Uh, the Republicans don't want to do. Um, no, they, they no... don't want to do it. They're all they're all invested in it, Kevin. It's a system of like. Well, it's a, it's a for-profit system, and it's a like a uh, thank you for the money gift kind of yeah. giving system. Please, you know, vote my favorite regulation into being so that I can quash my competition. You know, like that's that's one of the very real functions of the government. Yeah, uh, no, it, it is, it is, and again, and and you know, I, I'm I'm picking on Trump here, but like it's not exclusive to him. Like if if Nikki Haley became president, there would be stuff like that. Um, that happens. I, I think like Trump and Biden, like in their families have been particularly sloppy about it, but yeah. there's, there's stuff that exists all the time where that, those sort of connections are used to, to gain more power and gain more money, um, in, in ways that are legal, but like gross. Uh, and, and it, it's just a, a major part of politics. I mean, especially in New York state, but like a major part of politics and, um, Neither party is really committed to, to rooting out that sort of corruption and doing the right thing and standing on principle. They just want to, you know, point at the other guy. Yeah. I mean, even even the the beautiful new Bill Stadium that we're all going to chip in a little bit of money for, there, there's a certain amount of pay for play going on. There's a certain amount of, 
hey, my friends and family are benefiting from this. And and not not a certain amount. There's an amount. It is. That's what's going on. Like, that's a reality. It, I don't yeah. know. It, it drives me crazy. I think it probably drives all of the audience in, in the WSL land a little bit crazy. It definitely drives our friends in the chat crazy. So yeah, here we go. Yeah, um, we got a couple minutes left. I'm going to read this comment from Shelly, who says, I liked a couple things about Trump, no new wars, calling out the press routine, and crazily the fact that he keeps talking to the public. Um, let's take these. I'll, I'll take these in reverse order. Um, the Talking to the public. Yeah, he does. I mean, he says bonkers stuff, but like he does talk to the public. Joe Biden's been like a lot more reserved. Yeah. Um, Lately, uh, he, he doesn't go and do tough interviews because imagine like, that. Yeah, <laughs> just imagine that he, he hides in his basement and on a couch. Like, just imagine that. <laughs> yeah, like, I, and then Trump will do that. He'll go out and rallies. And he'll, like, again, he'll say bonkers stuff, but he's he's going out and talking to folks, so that's the thing. Um, calling out the press routine, like, ah, maybe you know, again, depends on the press. Um, and then the no new wars thing, I I don't give Trump much credit for that because he also escalated the wars that he was uh that he had. Uh, bombing in Yemen, um, bombing in Iraq, uh, Afghanistan. Like he, yeah. he had the opportunity to wind those down. He didn't do it. You know who actually did it? To his credit, Joe Biden. He actually wound a lot, wound a lot of that stuff down. Like, yeah. it wasn't great. It was, me- it was messy. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I did it. Well, we're starting to bomb Iran, so you know, it's a uh, not Iran. Uh, is is Iraq? Uh, no, bombing bombing Iran's a, a a totally different thing. Now, bombing Iranian backed militant groups in Iraq. Oh, I'm sorry. In Iraq, yeah, no, that's gotcha. what it is. So the, the the both the Houthis in Yemen and the other folks in Iraq, uh, it's a, a thing. But yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of always been a thing, though. Yeah, uh, we're like, limitless on our ability to bomb people in other countries with drone strikes and airstrikes. So sure. But on that note, we are going to call the second. We're going to be back here at WY Channel. Thanks again for listening to A Free Solution. Talk to you soon. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 I can't get I can't give Trump any credit on the anti I I don't get that like again no 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 offense to Shelly you know again I I, I think you're earnest in your your um yeah, no, your viewpoint it. there and, but but there are a lot of folks like cooling libertarians who are like yeah but Trump is anti war and that's why I got to oppose Biden I'm like I don't know like he there there's some stuff right now that I think is not great but like in terms of like number of bombs dropped he Joe Biden's dropping way less. Right. Like it's, um, well, it was dropping way less. We'll see how this all shakes. Might be out. ramping up. Yeah. Um, it is an election year. Yeah. Um, and look, we gave a couple hundred, like a hundred billion dollars worth of lethal aid to Ukraine under Joe Biden. So, like, so hey, he's we're not we aren't you know. right we're not running the drones, but we're we're offering up some bombs to be blown up. So there's still like. It's hard to, for me, and, and I imagine for you, you see the humor and the moral equivocation that we're offering there. It's yeah. kind of like, eh, we're pretty heavily involved in our our biggest biggest piece of the economy, the military-industrial complex. You know, like, it's it's a pretty big piece of everything. 
It is. And and I think that that's fair to call out. Like if you're you're uh taking a principled anti-war stance, you know, it are you really are you really anti-war if you are spending as much uh money funding a war as you would be carrying out a war, right? That's Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's right. weird when we have $34 trillion in debt and we can just say what we should do is bomb people and give away military hardware or I mean, maybe we're even selling it in the hopes of getting paid back for it. But it, yeah, I mean, which is what some of what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, there, there's some like loaning type of business happening, but um, but I don't know. Uh, well, you know what? Like, we'll we'll uh, we'll save some of this for the show because yeah. I, I think the Alaska thing is actually going to end up on like a an interesting like war topic as well. So we'll, we'll talk about that. All right. Um, Hang on. I just so you know, I think most likely that's fake news. Like, I don't think it's a real story. Yeah. Um. All right, but let's head back in five, four, three, two. a free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Walsh today, joined by Tim, the Freedom, Marion O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin. We're just trying to figure out what we're going to do with this segment. What do you think? We've got a lot of news out there. We covered that. There, 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 is a, there is a bunch of news out there. And, you know, we, um, again, we, we, we ended up talking about, like, you know, a few more, like, anti-war things, uh, uh, whether or not, you know, funding Ukraine is, uh, is like, the moral equivalent of going to war. Uh, you know, and, and I... I Said I didn't want to offend one of our listeners. Uh, Shelly, of course, takes no offense. Yeah. Um, and of course, of course, you wouldn't, Shelly. Appreciate you being a good sport about it. Uh, Trisha on YouTube says the whole world is at war, and we are involved in them all. We're involved yeah. in quite a bit. And <laughs> this, yeah. uh, the the U.S. is involved in in, in quite mean, a few wars. Not not all of them. I mean, occasionally there's weird stuff like Pakistan and Iran start shooting at each other last week. Uh, the U.S. wasn't involved in that. The U.S. is mostly, I think, scratching its head at that. Yeah. Um, but well, we, no matter what, we hedge our bets. Sometimes we we don't know who's going to win, so we do a little bit of funding of both sides. We see how things play out on yeah. the ground. Like we're we're if you fund both sides, you always win, right? Yeah. Like so you're we always going to come out a winner. Yeah. Look at that. And yeah. I mean, like that. That's not a conspiracy theory. You know, like that's a reality that the CIA can it's, can it's manipulate on both sides just in case. It, it's 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 not every it's not every conflict, but it's it, more than once. More, you know? Yeah, way more than once. More or, or even sometimes it's like the CIA. Like this happened in in the the ISIS wars uh, that happened. Like which which people didn't talk about like all that much. Like I, I mean, libertarians were talking about it, but like it wasn't like a mainstream news topic. But like you know, like the U.S. military and like the like the FBI were funding like Al Qaeda, and then like the CIA was funding like groups that ended up being tied to like isis and these other groups like it was a whole weird thing we were funding both sides of that war yeah. um and that's one of those ones where i think you and i could um have a debate over whether or not that's malice or incompetence or both um yeah or, or incompetence that is effectively malice <laughs> so so incompetent that it's malice so there is i mean there's a certain pragmatism to it too i'd even say if i was like a a high placed military officer with neocon leanings, I'd be like, well, 
you know, we want to make sure that the good guys win. So whoever wins is going to be the good guy and they're going to be our friend. You know what I mean? Like I could see that as, as a reasonable psyop kind of strategy. If I was a, a power broker. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, uh, it's something to do. Um, well, yeah. So, so we'll talk about, let's talk about, uh, couple things I and mean, we kind of mentioned the topic of um you know bombing iraq again, again. Um, and then we can also talk about uh you know russia allegedly saying that they're making a claim to alaska <laughs> just because so I, was... I like that one i do like that All right, one. Well, like... let's talk about that like let's give some uh context on that what's what's the story going around tim okay well um in January of 2024, President Russian President Vladimir Putin de- declared the 1867 sale of Alaska to the United States illegal. And I mean basically they're coming and getting it. That's that's the thing. Like that's what people are talking about. They're just going to kind of repossess their territory. But look, I'm going to go yeah. a little Neville Neville Chamberlain on everybody. Like I'm saying let them have it. We make an agreement. We divide Canada between us and us and Russia as long as Putin accepts the Trudeau supporters. Do you see what I mean? Like, I think. Wait, so, so are they getting like Vancouver? Like, are they getting that side? Because that's basically like that's basically Hollywood now. Well, they they can they're free to move around like they can have a migrate however they want. I don't really care. I, like, I you, just you wanna... care. Just like, yeah, whatever. It's up in Canada. Like, yeah, it's a, like, uh, the territory that is, by the way, not part of the United States. Um, yeah, but, but, it, but it will be after this is what I'm saying. We should you know, just you're gonna split it up. You're going to do, um, you know, what what was it? The Malta Ribbonoff pack thing here. Just we're just going to split up territory like Stalin and uh, Hitler did. That's, yeah, that that's what that's, I'm saying. Something like that. We're making it worse. Of, we all get along afterwards. Now, speaking of World War II metaphors um, in comparisons, um, yeah, yeah. So you know, we we could do that now. So so, but Russia, the, this the story goes is just saying that the the eighteen uh, sixties sale of Alaska from the Russian imperial government to the U.S. government was illegal. Tim, is that true? Um. According to Snopes, which we all know they're like CIA-backed psyops, that is completely not true. So, well, are you just believing the uh, the opposite? Then you're like, well, if Snopes says it's false, you know. Then... Um, actually, this this time I'm actually going to go with Snopes. To be honest, Snopes, with Snopes you. might think, be right on this I one. I think that it's most likely a well played internet um, internet scam. Like, I think it's just a yeah. well played internet hoax. You know. So yeah. that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, that's uh, that kind of seems like what we're looking at too. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that Russia would um, have much. I mean, maybe, maybe they'd have some interest in, in Alaska, but uh, I don't think they have much interest. Um, but I, I also think that even if Russia tried to establish a beachhead in the most remote, remote part of Alaska, the U.S. military would probably respond pretty aggressively they would um, <laughs> uh they would not be cool with that even no. even in the middle of nowhere but but yeah i mean why fight them when we could just you know <laughs> just take over just canada Alaska and, and, look, and, as an alternative solution we take over canada that's it that's, be like 
you know, we Listen, never that that seems far more expensive than um th- than just like making sure the Russians can't establish a beachhead in you know remote Alaska. Kevin, the Canadians burned down our White House, so I mean, we kind of owe them. You well, see what I mean? yeah, there's. Just I'm just saying. It's, it's yeah, there's invasion and counter invasion plans uh, drawn up in um in like World War One and I think World War Two, uh, just in case uh, the the American government was kind of worried that the the British might fall to the fascists, so you know well, that's uh and, and, and here we are would, would follow <laughs> yeah <laughs> and here we are so and here we are <laughs> took yeah. took them a little longer than they thought and there was a lot less bloodshed but it's looking pretty fashy out there yeah. No, uh, there, there's a bit of that, for sure. But uh, nope. Uh, and, and you know, th- this is one of those things too. Like, a, I, I, I do get a bit like patriotic when when someone's like, "Oh, like what, what would happen if someone ever invaded U.S. territory?" I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, like blow them off the map. Like that's not like their country, but like, yeah, we need to remove them from U.S. territory. It's not cool if if anyone tried to do that. Honestly, I think you, even up in Alaska, that's a pretty fair point. I think that um. Like, like I've said before, it's a libertarian conundrum. I do recognize the fact for for the the ability to perform a measurable violence in in defense of your country and a, in in defense of a territory. So, no, I, I think I think defense is, is totally legitimate. Like actual defense, right? Like, yeah, like that's I, I think that that's a legitimate uh, expense of the government and a legitimate responsibility of the people. Um, that like that the Second Amendment has roots in community oriented self defense. Um, and so like that, that, that's part of it. It's the second amendment was originally both a documentation of a right, a limit on government power and a call to responsibility. Yeah. That's so, fair. um, I, I mean, in like in, in a way that was much more poignant and needed in, you know, a, a time in which the, the American government's like foothold on, on the United States was not all that well established. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's legitimate. And that's, I know that kind of gets going first full circle back into our, like our European conflict that I like why I'm, I'm okay with Ukraine defending itself. It gets a, a bit messier, you know, with, with the U S funding it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely down with Ukraine's right to defend itself, but I do still see a pretty high level of corruption. I do think that, um, we got Ukraine a high level of corruption. Yeah, well, not I high do, level, but it's it, it's there. Yeah, well, I do think that Ukraine would have negotiated a peace by now if it wasn't being egged on by by the U.S. by the NATO alliance. Um, I I don't particularly like the neocon argument of hey, let's pay Ukraine to fight Russia so that we don't have to fight Russia, and I I just don't like that as a moral argument. It 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 offends me, and I. It, Somehow hurts my soul in a way, Kevin, and I know that that's a little bit either well, simplistic or so, emotional, but I don't. That's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, so I I get where you're coming from. Like I I think like the best like the strongest argument to make on the other side of that would be they want to defend themselves. They don't have the resources to do so, and they would argue that it is in in the best interest of the world order that respects sovereignty. And that, like, you should not invade other countries to give Ukraine money to be able to defend itself from a um, a country trying to perform a war of conquest. Now, the U.S. has 
a little bit of a tough time standing on that moral high ground post Iraq. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, just, just a smidge. Uh, and it would probably be a lot easier to make that argument without that war. Um, but that's that's what the argument is that like, hey, we don't take other territories um, and any country trying to engage in that sort of imperial aggression should be stopped. And that's why, you know, not only do we have like the thing going on with Russian Ukraine, like if Venezuela decides they want to go take a chunk of Guyana, like the U.S. might do something about that if China I don't know if the U.S. would actually do anything about China and Taiwan because the the U.S. government officially doesn't like really recognize Taiwan. We only sort of do. It's a it's a weird thing. I mean, I think that this the posture of this current administration, there would be almost nothing that we would do. Um, As near as I can tell. Now, the next administration and the Republicans that are campaigning are are. A little bit more pro Taiwan, um, and actually, you know what? I don't know what Donald Trump's stance is on on this whole Taiwan China issue, but I know Vivek and Nikki and Christie and Ron DeSantis were all like, "Yeah, no, we're going to go in and defend Taiwan." And look, well, we- Vivek had his weird like, "We're going to promise to defend Taiwan until we build our chip factories and then forget about them," which was like disgustingly <laughs> like pragmatic, just like every other. And look. I, I have another joke that I'm kind of working on, but like, is is a trade off like a war with China and a war with Mexico to have Vivek tear down the FBI and the CIA and and eliminate a whole lot of government? And like, is that a fair trade off? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I, I mean, it is not a fair trade off, but I'm just saying it's tempting. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, I get it, um, but uh, anyway. W- Let's see. I, don't know. I, I, I got you speechless with that one. You don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where I go go with that. Um, I was I was trying to look at uh, comments, but I, I don't think that I. I don't think I have anything. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so anyway, um, I don't. Know. So we. What that- else do we have to talk about them? What's that? Do we exhaust the Alaska topic? I think we might have exhausted I feel like it. we covered the Alaska topic. We got to, it, we, we allowed it to, uh, you know, brush on our, our general anti-war stance and our, our view of world politics. Um, I think at some point we've got to talk about this, this issue going on in Arizona with none other than Carrie Lake. I, how much time do we have for this segment, Kevin? That's what I'm wondering. Uh, like two and a half minutes. All right. So the basic premise that we all know, Carrie Lake ran for governor and lost, but she was kind of alleging a, a fake, like there was manipulations at the ballot box. And so now she's kind of reconfiguring herself and preparing herself for a Senate run. And I think that perhaps she's dropped a bomb on the world with this, like, but not not to us libertarians because we already know that this is how this game is played, right? Right. What she did is just tell the truth about it. Is so as as we get into the subject, I think it's important to note that the GOP and the DNC are for profit agencies that are out to make money, and that their goal at the end of the day is to put money in their pocket, and and to do that, they find candidates that they think can win, and now. 
there's chicanery that goes on behind the scenes because when we look at Georgia, right, and we see Raphael Warnock versus Herschel Walker, and we say, you guys have literally picked the two worst candidates in the world, or Dr. Oz versus uh, Fetterman. It's like, how how did Dr. Oz all of a sudden become a Republican? How did he buy his way into that race? And it, guys, at the end of the day, it actually really is about money. So that some, sometimes it is. It's about that. Uh, usually, I, I think a lot of times it is about power, but uh, too. Yeah. But like, it's part of it. But on that note, we are coming up on break, uh, so we'll have to continue this conversation after. Thanks again for joining us here on a free solution. We're gonna be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. But yeah, no, <laughs> so yeah, I, like, I freaked out. I got you quiet there for a minute with my my. Yeah, like I just like I I was like, all right, where do I go from here? And I then I started reading the comments. Like, oh wait, back in the show, back on the show. Got to focus. Got to focus. I know the comments are great. Um, um, that does ha- that happens to me all the time. You're you're usually good at like vamping right on it. Yeah. Um. I was I was looking for one. Uh, I, <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I was I was I was I was reading this one too. Uh, so Shelly on YouTube says, um, "You know, have you noticed that's becoming mainstream for media to mention libertarian viewpoints while ignoring the fact that we were sued off the ballots before Trump ever was?" I mean, yeah, like libertarianism is kind of like you know made its way into the zeitgeist a little bit, but like it's never mentioned as such. Like whenever libertarianism is mentioned by name, it's always like as a straw man. Like, oh, here here's the like the 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 worst version possible where it's an uh. Ayn Randian cartoon of like someone who is like greedy and selfish and like not at all considerate of what's going on other than like, other than maybe our, our guy Ron Swanson that we somehow didn't mention in our pop culture, like know. episode. So, oh, that reminds me. They were asking how, did, how, how did they get so lucky as to get two of free solutions in one week? And it, Kevin and I did um, an evergreen show which means that we can throw it out there anytime one of us um, can't really make the show or we don't have an alternative plan. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's something that we're, we don't mention anything that is like timely. So like most of our shows, we're talking about like stuff that's in the news this week. Um, but since, you know, sometimes things come up, we like to have a, a bank of these anyway, and I'm having a, a baby soon. Um, you know, might be good to have one of those. Just saying the oper- things might come up. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a pretty good question. All right, Tim, but when Marion Williamson, which I'm not exactly sure what you're referring to, Patty, but when Marion Williamson said exactly what Nikki Haley said, everyone laughed at her. Was it because they ran different parties? Yeah. Like, look, that if if we get it, dig into the background, there's absolutely like – if I say something and I'm a libertarian, Republicans and Democrats are both going to mock me. But if I say something as a Republican, they're going to quite possibly like what I have to say. And if I say something as a Democrat, again, I can get I can find things where they they would like what I said if I was affiliated with their cult, if you will. <laughs> yeah. I was in their cult. All right. Well, uh, Tim, I think we should probably go back to the show. Matthew, okay. thank you. Matthew on Facebook says, congrats, Kevin. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. Uh, yep. Heaven, heaven boy number two. Nice. So excited for. I'm having that. beer number three. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, Tim. Thank you. <laughs> Still nursing my same one. Um, but but we're gonna we're gonna go back at at forty four, and you know we'll talk about you know I'm actually surprised like we we talked about this thing from Arizona and like the controversy there and I thought you were gonna talk about legalizing tamales, but ooh we could probably talk about that. <laughs> so I think this this for uh, this segment, folks, we're gonna probably do like a bunch of like rapid fire topics. Um, get right throw throw out some topics of your own. We want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, and oh, Shelly, congrats to you. Shelly on YouTube says, I'm getting a second grandson in June. Congratulations, Shelly. That's awesome. Yeah, my, my stepdaughter's having a kid in April. So there's there there is hope for the future, man. Like yeah. it's happening, you know? You know what? I love hearing about people having babies. Uh, you know, it, it, every time I see that it brings me joy. I saw Austin Peterson's having a kid now. It's great. Um, yeah, and guys, look, and I'm gonna tell you, and Shelly already knows this. Kevin, Austin, all you guys, like Enjoy every second of it. I'm at the opposite end of it. My youngest child is graduating from high school this year. We're having like coming up tomorrow, Kevin, our big last. And wrestling has been such a huge part of our life. So for the last 12 years, you know, we've traveled around the state taking my kid to wrestling tournaments. Um, Tomorrow is his last home dual meet at Cooperstown High School. Um, Wow. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that's, that's and then it's end of the season tournament time, which is fun, and we're excited. And he's in, mm-hmm. he's wrestling the best he's ever wrestled, so we're really looking forward to it. Um, but this is sad, right? Like every yeah, single end time, of an era, it's just yeah. wild. No, that's yeah, that's that's uh, me tough coming up to that big moment, but yeah, yeah for sure. So I'm gonna yeah. start balling one of these days. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's gonna t- tears are gonna come out there in the show. So. Yeah, I, I came close at at he, he goes to Milford, wrestles for Cooper's wrestles with Cooperstown, um, and they had a mat a, a meet at Cooperstown or at Milford, and they did a senior night for him. And I came close to balling, man. It was it was like, but I didn't. I held it back. I'm not sure why. One of these nights, I'm just gonna cut loose. Yeah, no, it's fine. You 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 do your thing, Tim. It's it's okay. The modern man can be emotionally in touch. Yeah, Tim. my kid's and, aloof and, though. He's gonna be like that, Dad. That is not cool. Like he's just gonna say, that's <laughs> embarrassing. Like yeah. knock it knock, knock it off. Yeah, he's gonna be like, oh my god, no, just stop. We we <laughs> we've got yeah we we've got wrestling, Dad. Relax. Like stop. This is not cool. <laughs> no no tears in wrestling. Oh, there's tears, but yes, but, but uh, all right, go ahead, Kevin. Let's go back to the show. No. Yeah. We, we, we probably, we should go back to the show eventually. So go ahead back in five, four, a free solution. Welcome back to a free solution. Kevin Wilson yesterday, joined by Tim, the freedom variant O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin. And before the break, we were talking about this. Uh, kerfuffle of a kerfuffle of obviousness with all due respect there's was a distinct effort made to keep Carrie Lake from running for office again Um, 
She's being viewed as a Trump supporter and a Trump affiliate. A lot of establishment Republicans. And guys, look, I'm going to make a prediction right now. Nikki Haley's name is going to be on the ballot. The the ballot against whomever the Democrat puts up. I do not think it's going to be Donald Trump. I do not think the establishment GOP wants him. And I do not think... Actually, I think the DNC actually wants him more than the establishment like Republican Party because... They can make hay. Their media, their medium media conglomerate will make money off of Donald Trump. His like he's he's being portrayed as a big, huge threat to democracy. And as even Kevin said, like on some level, they may have a point. Like there may be a very real concern. So there's going to be a, I don't know. I would I'm saying I think Nikki Haley is going to be on the ballot. I think she's going to be the presidential candidate. You heard it here first. But anyways, getting back to the Carrie Lake story. Um, I'm yeah, reading from uh, an article or um, um, from AZ Central. Um, and basically, there's, a, let's see, what's the guy's name that approached her and offered her money? Um, Lake. Jeff Lake? I believe. Anyways, Jeff Lake offered her a substantial amount of money to keep Carrie Lake from running for office. Now, is this illegal, Kevin? Like, that's my question. Uh, you know, seems shady for sure. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a thing that's happened before. Like, because there's a discussion around this where. Who was it? Uh, so someone tried to offer Donald Trump money to not run for office. Um, oh my gosh, who, who is that guy who got got arrested for all the shady crypto stuff? Oh man, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, he was a big like uh, Democrat donor. It's killing me. Uh, um, Sam Bankman Fried. Yeah, that's the guy. Oh really? I didn't know that. I was yeah, no, he yeah he tried to uh, tried to give down. I mean, because he like. He sees himself as an effective altruist, and he's like, well, you know, I can use my money to do the most good. Uh, like, my goal in life is to make as much money as possible so I can help as many people as possible. That's kind of how we saw life, um, you know, and the very, very much and justify the means type of uh, fella in terms of, like, how he accumulated wealth. But one of the way, ways he wanted to do that is, like, he was talking with the Trump team apparently about, like, can I just give you a whole bunch of money to stay home? Um, now I don't know that the Trump campaign was seriously considering it or if they would have just taken his money and like, been like, okay, cool. Like, thanks. Um, no, yeah, uh, we're going to do what we want, but yeah, that was a thing. And so like, if it actually went through, it would have been interesting. Um, and, and like when I was, I was listening about that, like, it's not super clear if that's illegal, but it definitely feels gross. Yeah. Um, um, so look, what what I think is is that a lot of um, Republicans are surprised by this, and I don't think that they understand the uniparty system. I don't think that they actually understand what the GOP is. When Mitch McConnell is perennially the face of the GOP, when Mitch McConnell has a campaign war chest larger than any other Republican in the world, and when Mitt Romney is number two, and when Lindsey Graham is number three, why okay these guys are not likable these guys are not exciting and these guys always back the establishment of a stronger government that's Mm -hmm. actually the why right like it's always at the end of the day 
about what big business can buy from these guys who then go legislated into law or get taxes like collected and redistributed to them or get incentive you know legislations about legislation about incentives put into law for them um and of course the regulatory capture where they can prevent competition for their business it, it, this is a real thing having like a firebrand like carrie lake um regardless of whether you think she's crazy or not based on her run um and her subsequent legal challenges doesn't matter she's a threat to the establishment um so that's where i think this is going that's where i think it came from i think that's where it ends and i think that a lot of people in the republican party are surprised by this but i don't think that they should be i think it's very much a real thing and happens all the time yeah i mean it it might again like again whether or not it's fully illegal probably depends on on the state and um they're they're usually more subtle ways of getting people to like hey we don't want you to run but you know what we can do is we can set you up with this board posting right and it's going to pay well you're going to make good money you're going to be there forever you're going to have some ability to control this thing that you like and just just go sit on this board you're, you're going to be fine and then in a few years you're gonna, you'll get your opportunity right like that's that's how these things usually work it's 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 usually not so on the nose as this yeah um it, it was framed a couple different ways. Like there was going to be a payout and a job like that. Like those, yeah. those are things that were kind of offered in the conversation. I listened to the entire five minute clip. There was nothing completely damning about it. It was very much talking in circles, kind of not direct. Like, oh, hey, Carrie, maybe, you know, maybe we could find you yeah. a job. The orders came right. back, came from back east and we're having this discussion yeah, so- to see if there's something we can help you out with that would you know, keep you disinterested in running. You know what I mean? Basically that right. kind of thing. And, and Tim, since you like have been talking about this too, I'm, I'm also going to share for anyone interested, like the, the audio supposedly from this conversation too, just so people have the additional context. Um, mm-hmm. And so you're not, uh, so we're not just like kind of talking randomly about this thing we're referencing. Um, if you want to look it up, you want to listen to it, you know, make your own opinions about it. Um, and uh yeah and, and so i i did want to call uh, this comment from patricia who says sam bankman fried wanted to pay donald trump not to run for president again and trump was apparently willing to do it for five billion dollars and i posted a link about that so yeah it was it was a thing um you know again i i don't know if it would have actually happened but uh didn't work out anyway um speaking of of arizona um you know there there was a bill to uh legalize homemade tamales in uh arizona and and the governor vetoed it. Oh. Katie Hobbs, Democrat governor of Arizona, vetoed it. So being able to sell, you know, grandma made tamales wherever you want. That's uh that that is still illegal. Well you gotta, you gotta, I mean you black market tamales taste and... just as good as, as That's right. I mean it's not gonna stop. It, it like much like drugs, like people will buy these if they want, you know, like you the you want to go buy these in a parking lot somewhere like you know there might be someone to sell you right, <laughs> sell you right out of and again I, buyer beware you know you 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 take your your uh your own risks right when you do this when yeah. you buy some like sketchy food out of a trunk or something right um if it looks bad use your instincts don't get it but you know if it looks fine like man i remember like there so there's this like neighborhood wide garage sale yeah um, that we 
uh, that they have around here. And like the first year we moved into this house, um, you know, we walked over to the garage sale. We're walking down the street. A bunch of people are selling food. I bet they don't have licenses for that. We bought tacos and beers from someone. Like we just <laughs> definitely not allowed. But like they're just like, oh yeah, sure. You're like, you know, you can have a taco and you know, oh neighbor, you want a beer too? Go ahead, just just take a beer. Oh, that's don't mind if I do, sir. <laughs> Here's a little local, a little local beauty, Kevin. Uh, student lunch debt once again. They've done this in the past, but uh, the Great Chobani Yogurt Foundation has uh, gone to local schools and asked them to. Um, compile a, a balance of o- over p- unpaid lunch debt and and chobani mm-hmm. actually pretty active in our community they make they do a lot of good things they yeah. renovated a based out your field. way right so yeah. they're throwing out money and helping kids who uh haven't paid their lunch bills so it's kind of cool yeah there, that's a cool thing yeah there's a uh question out there Thoughts about MSNBC, and it's from our friend Shelly on YouTube. Um, thoughts about MSNBC and CNN refusing to let the viewers hear Trump's speech, and they got on their high, frail horses about it. What do you think about that, Kevin? Oh, yeah. So, again, extra context of what happened is basically after Iowa, um, they they just didn't show the Trump speech, um, his victory speech out in Iowa. Um, and who knows? They might do the same thing out in New Hampshire uh, when we're recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, I haven't looked at that yet but yeah it's like they just they just didn't want to show it uh they showed like some nikki haley speech um but i don't know like again what what's what's funny about this is that like anyone who would like really care um you can, you can go find that speech anyway like the mainstream media it's like like my, my thought on it is mostly like well they're kind of irrelevant anyway like sure you know um, you, I- you want to hear a trump speech you go you go get it trump speech um I, I just expect this sort of behavior out of out of these companies. Out of what? Out of, out of those media companies. Yeah, I think that they're they're trying to build their brand once again as the anti-Trump thing. Um, I don't think that they serve themselves by being as anti-Trump as they are. I think I mean, that it's gonna it's gonna backfire, right? Like, yeah, it, it creates like a more victim narrative for Trump, which is amazing because he's really you know really not the world's biggest victim he's he is one of the most aggressive people on the face of the planet um and so i i think that this kind of weak behavior doesn't serve them like if they're hard-hitting news people shouldn't they be hard-hitting news people and be able to listen to five minutes of a trump speech and be like oh my god find something in it for them to focus on and and try to drag them down into the dirt instead of yeah like I, I like the word frail there, uh, Shelby. Yeah. Like that makes sense to me. That fits fits my view. Look, yeah, nobody yeah, hates mainstream media more than me, but none of us actually hate them enough. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I don't know about like not hating them enough, but like, uh, yeah, no, they. Uh, it's a strange editorial decision to, to me. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> to like a buggy whip manufacturer, right? Like, what's the end result, right? The end result of what they're doing now is going to be a government paid and sponsored 100% media. They're already getting like 75% of their advertising money from Big Pharma, I think. <laughs> Are they? Yeah, just a rough yeah. estimate. Anyway, yeah. uh, I don't know if that number is accurate. I just made it up, but it could be as high as that. 
<laughs> up to that, that that's the 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 weasel words there up to 75 percent. Yeah. I, I wasn't saying it was 75 percent. i'm just saying it could be that high somebody should, you know that or less right like that's yeah if it's 67 and not 75 percent, what's the difference they're still a pretty major purchaser i i would say it's a, a substantial amount of money and it's certainly um does that does that really make you mad like it doesn't bother me like yeah man so like I like I, pharmaceutical advertising doesn't bother me at all. Like that, it's not a thing. Like again, that that's the that's the uh, fine. I'll, I'll be like bad guy libertarian now. Like yeah, fine. Like advertise your drugs. Like it's fine. I, that's that's just capitalism in action. No, I get I get that too. Um, and I, I, in a way, I, I I understand where you're coming from. But I think what it points to and what makes people concerned is that there is a revolving door between big pharma and the government and the media. And we feel like uh, us conspiracy theorists, Kevin, forgive me, but we feel like this is a cabal of psychopaths stealing every last vestige of rights and and devaluing our money and lying to us about their products. Like, look, Sackler Pharmaceutical is it like that. We've got to do a show about that. Like, oh, I mean, yeah, they did some some shady stuff. Um, They bought an FDA agent, man. Like they bought them. They, They paid them off. They, yeah, they, I just he had to change his report on what opiates are just enough so that the government would accept them as pain medication, non-addictive pain medication. Like right, and they, and and they like, bought they bought a, they bought the opinion that they wanted. And yeah, I mean, like they, they, there's some again not great stuff there. I got I got mixed feelings about like pain management and government regulation of pain management and the the weird stuff that the companies do versus like fitting an actual need in the market versus where these products can become like addicting and indestructive right sure like which um it which is, is like a, a libertarian conundrum if you will you know yeah but like generally i don't uh I, like i don't get as as incensed about big pharma stuff like to me it's just like okay I think drug advertising is kind of odd, but um, I don't think there should be a prohibition on it. Um, uh, yeah, no, to be enhance my libertarian creds, nor do I, but yeah. I do like that people are. I know it's time to end the show, Tim. Uh, Tim, uh, to end the show, Tim's a big statist. And, uh, <laughs> no, but, we, but we do have to wrap it up, though. But yeah, I, I, I get your point. You're not saying ban those. You're just there, there's concerns about reporting integrity based on on funding sources and that that should be at least transparent and when we do see bias in reporting uh should be discussed yeah and more yeah Yeah. (laughs) and more i've got more but that that but we we, but we are out of time on the show yeah thanks again for joining us here on a free solution have a great night folks take care all right yeah. Radio show's over. Sorry I had to cut you off a bit. No, don't, don't worry about it. That was great. It leaves people hanging. And look, I think that I, I, being perfectly reasonable and rational about it is great because that helps me wa- walk myself back off the ledge. But when I look at the, the, the pharmaceutical advertising and I see the opinions coming out of the mainstream media news organizations, and I, I feel like there's a little bit of a show going on, a little bit of a psyop. Like even at this point now, I'm like, I think that the left wants Donald Trump more than the right. And I think there's evidence out there that like conspiracy theory evidence, but I, I think I'm going to start packing a, a tinfoil hat to these shows. It. I'm just going to start putting them on every time you start going down this road. I'm just going to, 
I know. I know. You'll get here. <laughs> I will yeah, get here. You'll get here. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, I, because to me, like, in terms of, like, we'll talk about Donald Trump thing quick, just as a, an aside. Like, I, I don't think that mainstream media, like, wants Donald Trump, but they also can't stop talking about him. And they right. know that that's what their viewers want to do. Like, to them, this is the equivalent of the 24-7, like, you know, like, do you remember, like, when, I mean, we think back to like disaster events where people were glued to their TV, like with like Hurricane Katrina, stuff like that. I mean, we, we could like just like any like big event where they were doing updates every few minutes. Right. Like they're always searching for that stuff. Donald Trump is that he is is a walking disaster. And like, you know, they do want to keep people glued to their TVs. I don't know that that is the same as they want him to win. But they are legitimately concerned and are going to act on that crisis in a way to, you know, uh, try to make the most of it. Well, that's that's a very nuanced position and and not at all entertaining. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know, right? But you're like, ah, oh, it's just they, they're in on it. So I don't no. know that they're in on it. I but I think they are like, you know, they are like the news level equivalent of uh, like price gougers in like a disaster yeah. like that's that's what they are they're like you know hey we're, we're gonna we got what you want here um and we're gonna keep giving it to you yeah. um and again the libertarian means like we we shouldn't necessarily get the government involved in that i don't think it's a conspiracy but i do think it's a we're going to take advantage of this situation yeah look i read the sackler decision going back to this big pharma mm -hmm. issue right keeping with it i read the sackler that. decision ah what I see now is that the government is, in fact, like the owner of opioid, the whole entire opioid system. Like that was one of the part pieces of the agreement that Sackler Pharmaceuticals sacrifices its ownership in big pharma. And we're, they were only going to have to pay a couple billion dollars. But now that their payout is under review um, because what they did was so obviously corrupt, you know. Then at the end of the day, the government is the one that ends up with the rights to the opioids. Do you see what I mean? Like, it seems a little bit dystopian. It's for our safety, Tim. I'm just saying. Is it, though? Uh, and maybe it would be, right? Like, uh, well, I don't know. Well, that, that, that's, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, they, I'm they not going to just deny that that is, in fact, a possibility, but. Or at least it, it, it might be the intent or yeah. it might be an excuse. You know, it's one of those things that. Well, we got a comment out there from an unknown Facebook user, which look, the government and big pharma are trying to kill us. Thank you. I'm going to say that they are not trying to kill us. They are trying to maximize their profit. If I actually agree with you, Tim. Yeah. If, right on that if, one. yeah if, if that in fact means killing some of us and their profit gets maximized, perhaps you know that yeah that, that is possible so like again my, my take on, on on big pharma is companies are going to do what companies are going to do they're going to try to maximize profit absolutely and like if you accept that that is that is just what companies are going to do great and then the role of government should be to make sure that they don't engage in violence coercion fraud right like and when the government decides to profit from that instead that that's that's the the root of corruption yeah and isn't that kind of where we're at? Not even kind of. Isn't that where we're at? Um, I mean, it depends. I like again, like I, mostly in terms of like 
how I see the relationship between government and big pharma is that the government, for better or worse, makes it really difficult for most drugs to be able to get to market like quickly and effectively. Right. Right. Like because I, I see that as a, a far more dangerous problem than than the problem that you're talking about, which is like not to say that that's not serious, but right. like like the amount of time and the amount of money it takes to get potentially life saving drugs to market. Um, it, it particularly in, in a crisis situation is is concerning. And again, I can, I get the safety arguments for that. I get the like we can't put something out there that doesn't work and may like kill people because that has happened before. You know, like there's um, I'm trying to remember there, there's a drug that they they gave pregnant people uh, one time, like in like the fifties that like caused like horrible birth defects, right? Like it's, it's a thing that has happened like a bunch of times when stuff isn't like tested properly or worse, there's fraud involved in, in, in that like experimentation. But at the same time, like again, I, I like, I look at like the COVID crisis. Like I always see that as like, how did the government get in the way, both the, the CDC and the FDA, in terms of getting effective tests out? Yeah. And they, they just stepped on their own toes so much and made it difficult for people to get information about you know what they were saying was a very serious disease. And they, they were the, the impediments to people being able to diagnose, test, and figure out how far it had spread in the United States in early 2020. Right. Um, th- thalamide, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Um, was that it? Thalamide, thallium. It had a couple different names. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, yeah, that was the one I was thinking of is, 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 uh, thalamide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that, I, that was the one I was talking about. I, lo- I looked it up pretty quick. It, it's, and I remembered that I was going to say thalazine and then Chili said thallium. And I looked it up, so I was like, it was thalamide. And it was a treatment for nausea that was under-tested in pregnant women. Like, it absolutely caused yeah. birth defects. That's why, like, pregnant women can't take, like, anything. Like, right. nothing is approved for pregnant women. Like this, like, this thing specifically, like, freaked people out so much that, like, it's it's incredibly difficult for pregnant women to, to get like, a lot of uh, medical treatments. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we're at the uh, crossroads. Uh, guys, I got some bad news. There were a lot of people out there kind of thinking that um, RFK maybe was was a great libertarian hope. And I don't know. No, actually, that's true. Nobody really ever thought <laughs> that. But still, there was a, a moment of discussion between the LPNY and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And basically today he tweeted out, um, in response to the inflation over the last 30 years, the federal government needs to mandate a $15 an hour. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It needs to mandate the federal government. Yeah. We shouldn't do that. Yeah. He's like, in response to inflation, the federal government needs to mandate a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage, and I'm like, if I was, I mean, and I know it's not popular, Kevin, but here's the thing: it's not that making an arbitrary law of setting a, a a pricing minimum is not going to solve the problem of inflation. Even a two percent inflation means that they still steal half of your money every twenty five years. Like, hello, like. 
that's the real issue and fix that. And like our metrics of GDP growth, even if it's close to 2% or 4%, we're matching our GDP growth is matching inflation, which means zero GDP growth. Like that's it. And devaluation of money contributes to big money, getting more money and people who save money and hold harder assets are losing money. It's very frustrating to try to get that through to people's heads. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, this really all oh, goes back to like, there's, I, I've, I've talked about my theory of like certain types of libertarians and, and like anti-establishment folks and populist folks. And, and RFK is, is, is one of those folks who, just because you're against the system doesn't mean like you're actually fighting for liberty. If you're against the system because you think the the wrong people are in power and if only you got the right people in power, everything's going to be fixed. Well, you're not actually tied to any principles, right? Um, and, that, and that's who RFK Jr. is um, and, and why even if he – I mean he's pulling at like 15% in, in some polls too. Like even if he ends up doing well, like I, I don't – I I'm not – going to vote for him just because he is the alternative to Trump and Biden like that that has the most momentum it's not going to happen um I can't do it because again him getting in power he's just he's just doing a different version of what Trump and Biden are doing it's it's just a different flavor that's it yeah I I agree with what you're saying there it, it, it very much is um he's very much trading on his his Kennedy name now I have talked with people that are Kennedy supporters. I like them. They're kinder and less cultish than the other teams. Right. Um, but setting the bar super low, Tim. Right. But right. But at the end of the day, they're still advocating for a guy who wants to be the executive in charge and not like, I do want to say, and I've said it before, Kevin, on the show, but independents in a sense are in fact the problem because they're just saying, Give me the best bribe, and that's the guy I'm going to go with. Like, that to me is is one of the things that imparted cognitive dissonance in my brain. If I'm just looking for bribes from these guys, if I don't have a principle-based center to examine political philosophy off of, everything I say is eventually going to be wrong. Every belief I hold is eventually going to be wrong. So I got to liberty, libertarianism. And I, I started chewing on it, and it was around 2016 when Trump was running. And by God, I was persuaded by Trump because I love chaos, Kevin. I just was like, this this is absolutely hilarious. This is exactly what the co- country needs. And look, bef- I didn't want Trump. I wanted Bernie versus Rand. I saw that society was never going to be a, you know mature enough to have that conversation. And so we ended up with, guys, we could have had, had a, a- – we ended up with Hillary versus Trump. Like, oh my freaking God. Like, yeah. we failed, bro. We failed. Yeah, we, so. we could have had like a, a legitimately some substantive idea filled, um, you know, discussion about like what policy directions we should go in. And, right. and I, I don't think Bernie would have been a, a good president by any means, but mm. like, you know, it's, no, but, but, at least he was an honest broker back then, you know, and Rand is yeah. certainly the closest thing to it then was the closest thing to a Tea Party Republican who actually 
was and still does, even though I think he's imperfect, but still argues for yeah. liberty, right? Like he's still there Absolutely. saying the things that he says. He still takes on wasteful government spending. He still takes on the issue with Breonna Taylor and and an overzealous prosecution of no knock raids and and like him and Massey, maybe Mike Lee, they're the only guys that are really gonna take that on. Everybody else that jumps on board like uses it as a piece of their identity politics or really doesn't understand the issue. They're just like, I will right, try this. And you know, what's funny is I, I keep going back to this. Libertarianism is not anti-establishmentism and anti-establishmentism isn't really anti-establishment. Like let's kind of try to, yeah. you want to parse that out for a couple minutes before we end the show? Yeah, we could do that. Uh, so the, the idea, what, what do you mean by that? Okay. So libertarianism is a core based principle philosophy where we're saying, not just screw the state because that's a good way to to express one of our core principles but it's like hey we believe in freedom from the government we believe in freedom for everyone to be the best that they can be anti-establishment is like like you were saying with rfk anti-establishment is like hey there's a bunch of psychopaths running the the establishment what we need is a whole bunch of better psychopaths they're not talking about breaking the system they're not talking yeah. about instead change. of like maybe we shouldn't give psychopaths power we're gonna have our own psychopaths that's or, you what know, they're we, we doing, got we got newer man. better psychopaths to oh. be able to run your lives for you that's what they're doing that's absolutely in fact what they're doing so when they're saying when an anti-establishment guy says hey let's put chump and chump oops chump. that was an actual slip um but let's put chump trump in charge of the establishment that will fix the establishment, even though we had four years by which he could have fixed the establishment and really didn't. And as a matter of fact, furthered modern monetary theory to an extent we never thought was even possible. Like he got an opportunity to break the rules of monetary, modern monetary policy. And he did <laughs> like literally yeah. he did. So here we are, you know, like, how do we fix that? How do we fix the independence? How do we impart cognitive dissonance on them? We can so we can celebrate Javier Malay, but I don't know. That doesn't fix anything. He he did go to the World Economic Forum and read them the Riot Act, but I'm like, yeah, can't isn't that just part of the show? It is a little bit part of the show. I mean, were you not entertained, Tim? I, I was. Yeah, right. <laughs> I absolutely was. <laughs> okay. Gave an interesting speech, you yeah. know. Like he's, I, 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 I like watching him. I, I hope everything works out. Like genuinely, like you know, it, it, that is part of the entertainment. But genuinely, like hopefully in the next like three, four, five years, like Argentina starts seeing a huge turnaround and they, their lives are going to get materially better because of liberty, you know. And it's it's already starting in some small ways in terms of like deregulating like airlines or yeah. you know, uh, getting making it easier for people to operate businesses. And, yeah. And so the rental market in Buenos Aires, right? Like, yeah, the, exactly. And rent's them, going down for them because they've made it easier to build. Yeah. Um, rents are going down. Supply is going up. It, it, it could be a pretty interesting time. Um, it's just, you know, I'm skeptical. I'm always skeptical, but see, I'm even skeptical of Javier Malay, Kevin. So it's not just like, I'm not just skeptical of, the mainstream media narrative offered by the news. I'm skeptical of everything. That's fair. That's a, I, I, 
I think I'm 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 over um trying to assume any like hero is gonna like swoop in and save us. Even yeah. like e- even like people like Justin Amash who like I, I really like and he might be running for Senate in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, he'd be great. Like he's not he's not gonna single handedly save us and he could switch again in the way that like Rand Paul has gotten like weird on a few issues because he's Republican. Um you know that things things could change don't don't put him up too much on a pedestal um but i don't know hope he does well think uh, that that'd be cool if justin Mash did well in uh, michigan uh or even like uh, his uh successor in that seat peter meyer is also like like usually pretty great although he's more definitely more republican than justin amash yeah Look, there's good um, guys out there. Thomas Massey is a good guy, yeah. um, even though he campaigned for Ron DeSantis. And then I thought about that, and I'm like, the system forces us to make a choice, right? It's like, who am I going to choose and who am I going to endorse? And and Massey's like, I, I want to throw my weight behind somebody. And he does have weight. Um, yeah. And he, he's a legit free thinker. He's a legit, yeah. like, and again, like I said, so some of the stuff with Ron DeSantis, I like I sort of get like when you look at like how he did as governor in Florida, like there is some good stuff there when it, when he like stayed away from the culture war nonsense. Like, honestly, you know, Disney was imploding on its own. He didn't need to fight them on their best thing where they that kind of crafted out a community and and was saving the government on taxes and taking care of their own stuff like. I don't know, like Disney's stock yeah. prices, like cut itself in half over the last five years so it's like they were imploding yeah, they, anyway. they, they got their own problems like let them let them do their thing stay yeah. above it like be a good governor like instead he wanted to he wanted to play like trump like but he can't play the culture war game like he could and that's you know part of the reason why he failed <laughs> why he yeah. dropped out and he's kissing the ring now and um, isn't that amazing you know yeah <laughs> uh yeah, so guys what kevin is talking about is that when ron DeSantis suspended his campaign for president he he on his way out the door he endorsed donald trump um yeah i don't know how desantis supporters must feel about that though based on what i see on twitter they're <laughs> they're pretty unhappy you know like they're pretty mad and i don't yeah. i don't blame them part of their support for for desantis was that they wanted somebody other than trump right they they want someone who had like no, uh, dedicated conservative policies, but not Trump. Yeah, well, and actually, dedicated conservative policies. Period. <laughs> like that's... Isn't one of the conservative policies of the conservative party to conserve the GOP, even though the GOP hates conservatives? Right. Like, isn't that a problem? Like, don't they see that their conservative ideals are not being represented, and that if they want to have conservative ideals, they need a freer society where nobody's going to be forcing theocracy regardless of like whether it's state worship or a religion dissimilar to theirs down their throat. Like I conservatives baffle me because they seem smart enough on some level to understand that the government is corrupt, but they're like, but we can shape the government through appropriate action and getting behind the right red team member. Like I don't get, I don't get it. I don't know how they reach that conclusion. Yeah, I mean, that's all it is. It's, it's again, it's, it's more about perpetuating power than any uh, uh, foundation and principles. Yeah, I love jokes uh-huh. about how in five years the the um, conservatives are going to be conserving, you know, like 
the worst books in schools and the Department of Education. And like they're gonna be I mean, they're already like conserving like, you know, electing Donald Trump means saving Social Security and Medicare. Like, it's wait, like what? Hello. Oh, and that's another thing we should do on an Evergreen show because I wouldn't I'm gonna run hard counter libertarian on on and I wanna have a like a, a vigorous debate about it because I think that I'm right. I think that I can persuade people, but I'm gonna run counter libertarian um well i don't think i'm running counter libertarian i think there's a case a libertarian case to be made for social security that it is a contract from the government between the government and people that purchase social security i don't care about the the court cases that were won or lost and i don't care about the reality of taxation is theft and they got robbed i think that there's a contract that has been made and promised and that the government should be held accountable for it all right so uh when whenever we end up doing that tune in tim is going to defend the concept of ponzi schemes yes <laughs> exactly like it's, it's all fraud. fun and games until it collapses oh, committed tim? the fraud did the person paying into social security commit fraud no they bought a contract so we'll save that for another show though i didn't sign no contract tim uh arguably that, that would yeah. be a good counterpoint. So I can see, I can see where you're going <laughs> already. I'm ready. Just, for I was just given a card at birth. <laughs> it was like it imprinted, is. tattooed on my butt, my social security <laughs> number. Well, it's a good way to make sure that you don't uh, forget it. Correct. Um, so we have a couple minutes left. We'll, we'll throw out a couple uh, uh, comments, questions. Shelly on YouTube says, why can't we go back to identifying as Americans? We could I'm with you. Doesn't stopping you. Well, th I think the issue she's pointing at is that identity politics is freaking brain cancer. Like, and I know I'm repeating yeah. that. Like, it's like they constantly seek to divide us all the time, and there's no reason for that. Right. And like, sure, I disagree with all sorts of people on the left because I think they're in a cult, and I disagree with all sorts of people on the right because I think they're in a cult. Um, and that. They've, they've lost this concept of principles. So, but that doesn't mean that we're not Americans. That doesn't mean that this is not a great country. And I see that the, the fascist drive of othering everybody constantly. And yeah, it, it's a, I don't like it. I don't like it. I make jokes about it and I, I want no, it, but, it but it's, it's legitimately divisive. Um, and, and, you know, in some ways, like, cause it, there's like the, the, the partisan, divisions right like where people will identify with their political party first and then there's the racial divisions and then the uh ascribing like intrinsic traits to races or to genders um that uh, that i think are, are probably like they, it breaks down the fundamental like concept of um kind of civic nationalism that that I actually kind of do agree with and uh equality like human equality right. um and so, so both those things I think are, are important, right? Like in terms of like what, what sort of culture like allows us to continue having liberty, what sort of culture allows us to continue having a republic. I think those are two good foundations for that. It's, it's again, civic nationalism, like, hey, we have a system that like we all want to make better. Um, and then equality before the law, like it's. There, there's there's some folks who fundamentally do want to break that down who think that like we need to to no longer treat people in an equal manner in order to correct an injustice 
But uh, what you'll end up with is the perpetuation of more injustices and power struggles. Right. Right. And you you get what you incentivize. And that reminds me, we had an article and we're going to have to do it a a different time because it's a good article out of Ohio about how they want to pay kids to go to school. You get what you incentivize on its face. The idea is wonderful. In reality, what they should do is look at the incentives that they created, Mm -hmm. which have caused school to be a problem for certain people. But Again, that's that's a discussion for another show. Um, and here, Kevin, one of my counterpoints to your, you know, the government took all the money and used it elsewhere from Social Security. It's not just a Ponzi scheme. Like, if they hadn't spent the money, it would be there. It it still would not. But again, we can save that for the show. We'll say we'll yeah. we'll, we'll do we'll do our our show on uh, on Social Security. Um, you know, which is going to be go ahead as it's going to be a an actual major topic of discussion in the next 10 years like it's it's coming up uh, on on becoming bankrupt like it's it's actually going to be like within i think the next 10 years now um bankrupt if there isn't like some sort of change to either make it more means based or increasing the retirement age or something else to and Nikki Haley of all people to her credit talked about is the only one who's like talking honestly about like yeah we're gonna have to do something about it it's not gonna work if we continue doing it the way we are now and Nikki it's, Haley's it's not gonna just, protect social security Kevin I'm not she's she's, she's gonna well yeah again it not not full credit partial credit to Nick Nikki Haley for saying for being the only one honest enough saying like well yep we're gonna have to raise retirement age or do something else to make this system work. She wants to protect social security, but it's the only one honest enough to say like in that requires changes. Donald Trump, not going to say anything about that. So he's going to protect us. He's going to do, he's going to save social security from Biden or whatever, you know, like Biden's going to do the same thing for Trump. Like we're going to save from Trump. Okay. What's your plan? We're going to stop Trump. Yeah. (laughs) What? Uh, No, like we're running out of money. What are you going to do? Mr. President, we're going to stop Trump. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. So no, we you have super serious people running our country. Thank you. You are, you are absolutely hitting the nail on the head. Um, I what, uh, just to give you like a synopsis, like it could force to protect Social Security and the contract that was made. It could force real decisions, right? Even devaluation of the currency limits Social Security recipients' rights to purchase and limits their economic freedom. Um, I don't care about means testing. You already, you can have that argument. I don't, I don't care about that. Um, but I do care about the fact that the government did make a contract. I do care that I'm going to run counter libertarian because we will always get beat on people's perception of what social security is versus us trying to tell them what, that they're wrong, you know? So I think it'll be a fun discussion. Yeah, no, it could be a good discussion, and and I think it, I think it's gonna like highlight some uh, some of our age gap a little bit because I, people close to my age are, are are a bit more cynical about whether or not this contract means anything. No, I get it. A lot of folks my it. age are like, "Why would I take your contract seriously?" You're you're saying that because you're pretty close to to getting it. Sure. Whereas from sure. from our perspective, like we're not getting this money. Like at least some chunk of what we've paid in is going to get taken away from us. Like that is like just a fact. Well, 
certainly um, and the point would be that right now as of today money is being taken from you for that for that promise and you are owed something for that promise like that promise has been made yeah you're being your money hey, we'll, we'll talk about that their, their countries have done stuff about this we'll, we'll yeah. talk about what australia did um, yeah because they 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 had this problem they addressed it yeah. uh and, and i'll uh give a shout out to, to marcus williams um, yeah i agree with i want marcus. all my social security money back give it now with interest and i want bitcoin interest on it no i, I don't know about the bitcoin but you might get like money back you know that, that that's a thing yeah, no, uh, I, and, and Marcus, you're you're on the same page because it won't be he- around when I get there. I yeah, think that's, it's that that's an argument to for the government to make good on its promise. I think he's absolutely right, and that that would that would lend. I could use that to lend itself to my argument, even though it doesn't sound like that right now. But yeah, Marcus, I I agree with you that that would be a better way. I also would advocate for a better way forward, um, where people have individual retirement accounts. Maybe some form of compelled savings, but I don't know. But it, it should never have been. It should have never gone to the government in the first place. But they kept uh, lying. There we go. There, you're 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 hinting too much at our path for, towards agreement, Tim. So like, we're gonna cut this conversation. Off. Yeah, we gotta argue. Um, <laughs> all right. Thanks for your comment, Marcus. Um, and you know, I think I think we'll call it a night after that, folks. So um, yeah, we're we're gonna like like I said we're we're gonna if you're just getting here now we're gonna do a couple of these uh, evergreen shows we're gonna do some more deep dives in the non news related topics because that having a son soon so I wanna you know or a second kid soon so I wanna build up a repertoire in case I, I happen to be busy um, we're gonna get I don't know hopefully like three or four of those out eventually yeah we have a few ideas brewing um, we'll pick a Sunday afternoon and do those um. People are going wild on my JFK tweet, though. They're fucking, they're like, they're just laughing. They're like, because I did say, apparently, uh, RFK is not a real libertarian. And oh, people are yeah. just like, what? Oh, my God, no. It's it's epic. Anyways, guys, thank you very it's much. Real. All right. Have a great night, folks. Take care. A free solution.